Hello there. It's so great to see a number out and great to sing together. We just were singing, I have left that land of bondage with all its earthly treasures. It causes us to read Matthew 6 and 19 where Jesus says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon this earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves can break through and steal. But rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where all of that cannot take place. You know in Luke 12, 21, Jesus says, everyone who lays up treasures for themselves is not rich toward God. Well, we want to focus this morning on those treasures that, have, that we have um, before us. We want to focus on those treasures that cannot uh, be bought with money. We want to focus on the treasures this morning for which we ought to be most grateful, the heavenly treasures. Treasures that cannot be bought with money. So think with me about a few of these treasures. First, let's consider a good name. A good name. A good name is a heavenly treasure. Proverbs uh, 22 and verse 1. Proverbs 22 verse 1. A good name is uh, rather to be chosen than great riches. And a similar statement made in Ecclesiastes 7.1 where it says a good name is better than precious uh, ointment or oil. Okay, a good name. Good name. God has given us the opportunity in life to build a good name block by block. Block by block. Notice four blocks with me, if you will, uh, as we think about building a good name. Block number one is honesty. Honesty. Block number one is honesty. We keep our word. We're as honest as the day is long. Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 25, to put away falsehood and speak the truth and be truthful. So block number one is honesty. Block number two is dependability. Dependability. We do what we say we're going to do. And we do what, we're going to, what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And we do that to the very best of our ability. Dependability. Dependent. We don't just try to squeak by or get by. We are dependable before the Lord. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That a man be found faithful. Block number three is industry. Industry. You're willing to work and you want to work. Industry. You see. We don't expect that life is going to give us things. We don't expect that life owes us anything. We are willing to work before our God. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 28, Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with his hands the thing which is good that he may have wherewith to give to those in need. And that brings up the fourth block, sympathy. 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 The reason that we work is so that we'll have wherewith to give to those in need. Now, we are not building a good name until we have all four blocks 
and especially this last block of sympathy. We must realize there are some people, regardless of the reason, who just have it bad and are not enjoying life's blessings as they would want to enjoy it. And it is upon us to have that sympathy, that compassion, like our Lord did. Matthew 9, 35, 36, it says, Jesus saw the multitudes that they were distressed and scattered as sheep not having a shepherd. And his heart went out to them. He had compassion on them. And he even encouraged the disciples to become helpers and workers in that regard. Compassion to give to those who have a need. And so these four blocks can help us to build the good name that God would want us to have. Honesty, dependability, industry, and sympathy. Now, caution here, we don't just become this in order to appear righteous. It's not a good name, it's not just about appearing righteous or making sure that we appear righteous. You wouldn't believe how much stress Christians have because they think they've got to constantly appear righteous before uh, someone else. It's not about appearances. Jesus severely condemns in Matthew 6 and Matthew 23, he severely condemns the idea of, a, of doing righteousness to be able to be seen by men, to be able to be regarded as men as righteous. No, we, we served and our aim is to please God and he will see to it then that we are the example that we need to be or we are the light that we need to be. He will see to that. That's part of our faith and trust in him. Another caution here as we think about a good name is it is possible to lose that good name, but it's also possible to regain that good name. Okay. So we may drift away and, and lose our good name, but the hope of the gospel is always that we can regain that good name. We think about, we think about the... Uh, the King David, we think about King David, and he certainly had blotches on his life. He, he oftentimes, he was prideful. Oftentimes he was lustful. We remember his blotches with uh, Uriah the Hittite and, and Bathsheba. We remember that. But way over in Acts 13, 22, it is written, this is the witness from God, that he has regarded David the son of Jesse as a man after my own heart and someone who will do all my will. You can check it out there in Acts 13, 22. David for a time lost his good name, but because of his overall service to God, because of his deep penitence and deep repentance before God, then all in all, he was regarded as a man after God's own heart that he, and someone who would do all the will of God. And so treasure number one, a treasure, a treasure that money cannot buy is a good name. Treasure number two is a good mind, a good mind. Philippians 2 verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 8, Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honest, Philippians 4 8. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honest, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report. 
if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. A good mind. A good mind. We are what we think, according to Proverbs 23 and verse 7. We are what we think. The way we use our minds, the way we use our minds determines pretty much the type of fellow that we're going to be. It'll pretty much determine the course of your entire life, the way we use our minds. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. And that is, that, that bears true every time. The mind is a precious treasure, precious treasure. Now, now parents, we have little minds at home. And if we allow these little minds to be contaminated with filth, or distrust in God, or unbelief in God, or uh, fretful, worrisome thoughts, then um, we will set in motion forces uh, that will not be able to be controlled later. Okay. The contamination of the mind sets in motion forces that will be very difficult to control later. A pattern is set, a pattern of thoughts are set in the mind, and after those thoughts are set, then it's difficult to change later. And here's what we as parents must do. We must teach our ch children to make a covenant, a covenant. Teach them what a covenant is. A covenant is a pledge. Talk, talk to them about a covenant, a pledge with God and with our eyes, and with our ears, and with our thoughts. I'm not making this up. Job 31 verse 1. Job 31 verse 1. Here's one of Job's secrets. Here's one of Job's secrets. Job 31 1. He says, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a, a virgin. And we know what he's talking about there. Okay. Job had made a covenant before God and with his eyes and with his ears and with his mind and with his thoughts that he's not going to allow his mind to be contaminated. They can, Job says, you can criticize me. You can, you can tell me all day long that, that the sufferings have come because of my own misbehavior. But I'm telling you, I made a covenant with God a long time ago. And that parents must sit down with their children and talk about a covenant, a pledge to make with God. Write that thing out. Talk about that thing. Post that pledge, a covenant, a pledge with my eyes and my ears and my thoughts. We must not allow our little minds to be contaminated uh, with filth and un unbelief. Now some folks just put their hand in the, in the pot and they put their head in the sand and, and they say, oh, well, they just kind of well, they put their hand in the air is what they do. Just kind of wave it off and say, well, you know, there were things I listened to when I was younger and my parents didn't like that. And, and then, then their parents did the same thing. Their parents did the same thing. Now, maybe we should not have been listening to what we listened to when parent, our parents got on to us about our music and, and our, our videos a long time ago. But right now, I'm going to tell you this, and you've got to agree. It's different. It's different in our day. This is the reality that is before us. It's different. Okay. The, through the media, 
the information is unlimited. The, the filth can come into the home in a very unlimited way. There are no barriers out there. Okay. And it's upon us to help our children make this pledge before God. You see, Proverbs 29:15 says that a child left to himself brings shame to his mother every time. Every time. A child left to him or herself will bring shame every time. And so a second treasure money cannot buy is, is a good mind. A good mind. A third treasure we'll just discuss briefly uh, this morning. A third treasure is a good friend. A good friend. This takes us to Proverbs 18 and 24. Proverbs 18 and 24. A good a good friend. Proverbs 18, 24 says, he that, he that makes multitudes of friends does that to his own destruction, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Think about this with me. Those who seek to have a multitude of friends do this to their own destruction, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. First, notice that true friendship is not a, not a popularity contest. It's not a popularity thing at all. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. What type of friend am I, you see? And then one thing that comes out of the book of Proverbs really boldly is that a true friend, a true friend, sticks with you no matter what. A true friend does not just use you for a portion of time and then send you away later or cast you off at, a, at another time. No, a true friend is with you, is with you no matter what. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Those are not two different statements there. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend, a true friend, is going to love you all the time and especially when there's adversity. I'm there for you. Okay? I'm born for you. I'm there. I'm in place for you. I, I'm, this is who I am. I'm there for you in adversity. Okay? That's a true friend. See, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And most, for most people... A true friendship comes down to one hand and just a couple of fingers on that one hand. But a good friend is a treasure that no one can possibly buy. No one. Now there in Proverbs 18, if you back up just a couple of verses, verse 22, you see whoever finds a wife, Proverbs 18, 22, Whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. She, guys, is first and foremost, she's before your buddies. She is before any other friend. Okay. There's a red flag that goes up in my mind about this trend of wives and husbands wanting their buddy time away from husband, away from wife. Okay. It's your business what you do. But the wife comes first.
first. She is your daily companion. She is your lifelong companion. She is that friend, first of all, that sits closer than her brother. And she is a precious jewel. So, a good name, a good mind, and a good friend. A fourth treasure I'd like for us to mention this morning is a good family. A good family. You would have, if we just sat down, and it would be, it would be fun to talk about memories of family. I could, I could lay before you right now 25 memories, and I wouldn't have to think about it. Precious memories of family. But we are God's people. And a good family involves certain characteristics. Let's name three. A good family treasures God, of course. A good family treasures God. He is, he is in the middle. We love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. He's in the middle. That verse, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, has got to be plastered on the mirrors in our, in our bathrooms. It's got to be on the refrigerator. That verse has got to be memorized by everybody in the household. A good home treasures God. God. I heard a preacher years ago talking about his past life and his dad was not a Christian. And he said there is one gift. His dad was long gone when he was talking about this. But there was one gift that was handed down from his father to him. And it was a case, a little glass case, and inside that case were eight pins, the kind of pins you would clip onto to your coat. Eight pins. And his dad had worked for the same place 40 years. And every five years, as a mark of, of excellence, they would hand the employees a pin with a little bonus. And then after the next five years, another pin. His dad worked there 40 years and retired, and again, he had eight pence, eight pence. And the preacher was saying that he cherished the memory of his dad being devoted enough to provide for his family. But he said, I would trade these pens. I would trade all those memories of dad going to work early and getting home late. I would trade every bit of that if I could have a memory of dad praying with me. Or if I could have a memory of dad opening up the scriptures and reading with me. If I could have a memory of dad taking me to Bible class. If I could have a memory of dad reaching out to someone in need. You say, I don't have any of that. I would trade this in a second because he had been able to grow up and learn the truth and be able to live the truth, but he didn't have that memory of his father being godly. So in the home, we treasure God. In the home, we also treasure time. Time. Now, the devil's children spend time together, so just spending time together 
is not necessarily a great quality, but God's people, when they spend time together, they've got purpose. The purpose is that we are, we are cultivating, we're preparing the hearts in our household, we're preparing their hearts to receive the truth of God onwardly and onwardly and continually so that we can grow thereby. We talk about things. We, as Romans 8 and verse 5 says that, that those who, who walk by the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. Okay. And those that walk in the flesh, they, they mind the things of the flesh. But the things of the Spirit bring life and peace, Paul says in Romans, 5, Romans 8, 5, and 6. And that's what, you're, that's what you're seeking. Every conversation, every activity is evol revolves around the idea of walking by the Spirit of God, but walking by the truth of God. And it seems like, and it's not just today, but it seems like just in my little experience and in looking at life, it seems like parents have always been in a rush, rushing to this new thing, or rushing to this next event or that next event. And they're always in a rush. Mm. I tell you what, children had rather have more of you than of that next thing. Whether it's new or old or whatever it is, they'd rather have more of you than that next thing, that next event, whatever it is. Even if it is a church event. They'd rather have more of you because that's the way God set it up. And parents need to understand you cannot rear your family on the go. There's a reason that God set up the home. And we treasure time with family members in order to help each other receive more of God's truth. For little children, there will be we're, we are we are bringing them up in order for them to make an impact into the world. There will be time for them to be in the world, but while they're at home, it's time for them to be at home. In a lot of homes, mom's very important. She's very important out there somewhere, or out in this city somewhere, or on this trip somewhere. She needs to be in the home be important there. The home is a precious treasure. It requires a, a, a God factor. It, it, it treasures God. It also treasures time for God, you see. And the home treasures love. The home treasures love. So God, time, and love. So way back when, how was it that the grandparents and great-grandparents ever got together? How did they ever get together in order to like one another and to like one another enough to get married? How did that happen without Facebook? How did it happen without smartphones? How did it happen? Okay. Well, there's an old story about a, a, a young lady who has her sight set on a young man way back when and she finally just went up to him and she said she said do you believe in love at first sight or do I need to walk by you again 
That's a great approach. That's a great approach. And for some guys, it takes that kind of approach. But we understand that love is more than just a rush or a buzz or a thrill. We understand that God's love is a lot more. Let's read from Colossians 3 about God's love right quick. Colossians 3. Paul's words, chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. Colossians 3, verse 12, gives us an inkling of the type of love that would be a love that needs to be in the home. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all things, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That's the type of love. Sometimes in the home, there's fussing, there's fighting, there's, there's complaints. Some people have the, have the idea that if you're going to have a home, you've got to, with your words and your expressions, you've got to let it all out. Which creates, yeah, it creates all kinds of fussing and fighting, but it all gets out there, and that's, uh, that's foolish. In fact, the book of Proverbs says, I think it's 29 verse 11, Proverbs says, a fool utters all his mind. A fool is one who, who lets all of his anger out. But a wise man is able to restrain himself. And that is love. That is love. And so a good home. A good home. Finally, as we talk about some treasures that money cannot buy, of course, we must finish with the soul. The soul. The soul. First, do you believe that you have a soul? Think about the consequences of, of saying no to that. You don't believe you have a soul? An eternal soul? That means that you just consider yourself to be like, like, that, like that tree outside or like that plant outside. Is that, is that about how you are? Like, that, like the animals outside? Like the dogs and cats? Is that about, is that, does that sum you up? Is that, is that the measure of who you are? Of course it's not. The Bible doesn't even come close to teaching that. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, our outward man perishes, but our inward man, yeah, we do. We've got an inward man. There's the spirit. There's the soul. Well, if you believe you have a soul, then, then is there any value to it? And you know there's great value to it because you remember Jesus' question, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We consider a, a guy, a man, a family who owns quite a bit of real estate or has some landscapes here and there, we, we consider them well off. But what if you own more than just a little real estate? What if you own the entire county? Or what if you own the entire state? What if you own a combined three states? What if you own the southeastern, all the southeastern states? 
which according to the Southeastern Conference is getting larger and larger and larger, right? What if you had a deed to the entire planet? What if you were Bill Gates? Bill Gates is buying up land here, there, and everywhere. Well, you still would not have that which would be equal in value to the soul. And what about the attention that we pay to the soul? What about the attention we pay to the soul? How much attention do we pay to our health? Okay. How many videos a week are you watching and listening to regarding your health of your body? Okay. How many of you think that you're going to find the secret to getting beyond 100 and 150 years old? Ain't going to happen. Sin is in this world. If we overcome one disease, there's going to be another waiting on us. So one of the last um, movies that John Wayne did, you say, how does he know about John Wayne? Well, I had a father-in-law. He passed away in 03, but, but he loved John Wayne. And if you're going to spend time with him, you're going to get to know John Wayne. One of the last movies John Wayne ever did was called The Shootist, 1976. And in that movie also, and can you do his voice, Jimmy Stewart. I'm not going to try it, but Jimmy Stewart had an incredible sort of voice that if, when he talked, you know it's him. And he was the doctor, and John Wayne character went to him went to the doctor and after an examination he said well you don't have a lot of time left and John Wayne answered and he said well what can I do he said well you can go do anything you want to do but Jimmy Stewart said after that he said but there's coming a time when you won't want to do it go do anything you want to do but there's coming a time when you're not going to want to do it like time comes for all of us. How much attention are we paying to our soul? Does it even rival a little bit to the attention we're paying to our bodies? So we have a soul. It's quite valuable. We need to pay attention to it. What decisions are we willing to make for the betterment of our soul? For a lot of us, we need to flip life upside down because we're not profiting our soul whatsoever. We need, to, we need to drop everything and just let the will of God determine our steps. What about you? What about you? Couldn't you at least agree that a good name and a good mind, a good friend, a good family, and a good soul is worth more than any amount of money that could be put before us. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Can we assist you with any needs of the soul this morning? That's why we're gathered. That's why we offer these invitations, the needs of the soul. It is in Jesus. It is in Jesus. We're about to sing nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. We contact that blood through obedience and baptism, Romans 6 and verse 3. 
and that blood cleanses us from our sins. We need that blood all the days of our lives. Will you come as we stand, as we sing?